We are jolly, and this is the Fat Packs Podcast brought to you by Top Shelf Breaks. What's up, Paul? Bueller? 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 Paul's not here today, guys. Paul is uh, on the mend at home. His brood of kids is, uh, they've all had the crud, and I believe that he has now obtained the crud and is trying to get through it. So, uh, he had to take a take a day, which we all understand. This time of year, the crud is going around, and um, you, even the fat packs are not immune to it. I'm sure that at some point in time, you guys will get the crud uh, during this season, and I feel I feel for you because I just I'm getting over it myself, and uh, Paul has got it now. So I uh, hope you get feel better, getting to feeling better soon, there, buddy. And uh, we'll see you back in the office. But I'm going to hold down the fort this week here on the podcast. Which is going to be a little different because uh, I'm not used to riding solo. So we're going to try to make this work as best as we can. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll set up the show for you right after we do new products and pricing. Which uh, actually there is a, there's a quite, a, quite a bit of new products coming out this week. And the biggest one is uh, basketball related. But first uh, we have Panini Chronicles Baseball. Um, ho- hockey side of things. We have Black Diamond. Uh, non-sport. There's there's four new non-sport. Um, America the Beautiful from Benchwarmers, Tops Walking Dead Evolution, which uh, Mike James, a good friend of the show, shared some uh, artist returns that he that he had from uh, from that set uh, on Facebook yesterday. If you guys are following him on Facebook, he's got some. He does great work. You know, of course, he was uh, the the creator of Welcome to the Show. And uh, he's got that, this Artist Proofs back from The Walking Dead, and they look amazing. I'm, I want to pick up that Negan uh, as soon as uh, as soon as they uh, it's available, which he says is available now. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll, I'll hit him up, see if I can pick up the Negan. But uh, he's got a Negan, a Rick, and a Carl. Carl. He's got a Carl uh, all available for Artist Reproof turns. Um, Star top stars, Star Wars stellar signatures. Which is just an amazing set if you're a Star Wars fan. Lots of autographs is what you're looking for, anyways, from there, and uh, it it it's going to prove to be a uh, a a stellar addition to the Star Wars family here, coming out just before the movie. Uh, Arrow season four as well from Cryptozoic. Uh, Matt and I opened up a box of that a couple of weeks ago, and uh, man, it is it, a fun product. I mean, Arrow's a good show, I guess. I mean, I. I uh, Arrow is a good show. I like it. It's fun. It's uh, it's fun to watch with my kids uh, because it's not like you know overly violent or anything like that. So it's a uh, it's an easy watch. 
it, it does lack at times, but a uh, good product from Cryptozoic. Uh, a lot of fun uh, getting into that. On the soccer side of things, we have Panini Select Soccer, which is always a fun product as well, especially if you're into the football. Um, I opened up a little bit of that product last season and had a lot of fun with, with the Kristen uh, Poliznik uh, rookies that I pulled. And then the big one is, of course, Panini Prism Basketball, which uh, hits streets tomorrow, the 1st of December. And, uh, well, if Panini, if Panini Prism Basketball is anything like last year's edition, it's going to be a, uh, well, a real crazy a real crazy ride of things because, um, you know, last year everything went crazy with Ben Simmons and the Ben Simmons Ben Simmons Panini Prism rookies were the ones that everybody deemed the ones to get. And those silvers, man, I, geez, you get them great. And, and I think they're around two G's and, you know, nine five or something like that. So this rookie class is proving just to be just as well. Um, everybody's going to, you know, want those LeVar balls. And uh, understandably so, he's, he's doing pretty well. He still can't shoot the ball, but uh, he's uh, he, he's making his way. And his dad hasn't been too much of a distraction thus far in the NBA, so uh, that's that's always a plus. But a uh, big week of new releases just after Thanksgiving and right before the Christmas season. So go jump all over that stuff if you can. If you can find if you can find Prism. Uh, I've 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 been told it's going to be around 160 180 a box somewhere in there so it's going to be a be a fun rip if you can get it so go find it and if you get it let's see those hits man uh, tag us in them on uh, Twitter Facebook Instagram whatever you got just tag us in them we want to see them we want to share in your uh, your box breaking fun so all that's new uh, new products let me open up my handy dandy uh, phone here and we'll go over to the Beckett Instagram page to see what is newly priced because I got a lot of it this morning that Mr. Matt sent me. All of it, of course, is uh, non-sport related. And then there's the one, the uh, Hoops, 2017 Hoops, uh, 2017 Hoops basketball is now priced. Um, Brian got that done last week. And then Upper Deck's new Aliens is now, Alien, I'm sorry. Alien is now priced. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, Ultimate Collector Set number three is now priced. And finally, Top's Wacky Packages Old School Series 6 is now priced. So that's all done and ready for you, uh, ready to go in your OPG. If you don't have an OPG, I highly suggest that you get one in there. Very effective. Everybody complains about the magazine and how it's outdated and everything. Yada, yada, yada. I know it's outdated because it's a month old by the time you get it. And uh, it, it you know, the prices are there. They're outdated. But if you get yourself an OPG, you will get an up-to-date price guide every day because prices are being made, made in there on a daily basis. So go do that and uh, have fun with it. Get all your pricing information. Okay, so uh, let's set up the show for you. Coming up first is an interview that I recorded yesterday with uh, one Mr. John Finkel. Paul Paul was here for that. So we sat down with John and we talked about his new book um, called The Athlete. That he, he It's a profile, it's a biography of uh, Charlie Ward. And as I said earlier, if you're a child of the 90s and um, you know that, that's your, that's your uh, area of, uh, of knowledge, which again, if you're listening to this show, it, it's probably you because... 
That's that's where our demo is. Uh, Charlie Ward was just an amazing athlete at Florida State and then later into the NBA uh, with the New York Knicks and the Rockets and the Spurs. That's right. So um, it's it's a good read. It's it's fun. It just it's it's available for pre order, but I got to check it out a little bit earlier. And um, man, it, it brings back a lot of memories of the '90s. And uh, Charlie Ward, what a hell of a guy, man! Hell of a guy. Good read, John Finkel. Good, good, good writer, good author. So uh, it's it's worth checking out. So that interview is gonna be fun. And then uh, after that, we're gonna do a little ad lib and bring on Drew from the Let Me Get That Podographed podcast. Um, we've been working on this for a little while, trying to get this all uh, scheduled up. And since Paul is on the mend, I need a little uh, a, a little fill time, uh, fill in host action. So if that if that's what you want to call it, that's what's going to happen here with uh, with Drew. He's going to come on. We're going to talk about his new uh, their podcast. Uh, let me get that podograph. I believe he's got a Panthers podcast as well. So we're going to get their take on on uh, their their side of the hobby and see what uh, what Drew and Stu think about the uh, you know their perspective and uh, why you should be listening to that. Uh, and then we'll come back and wrap it up with uh, a little a little. Um, whatevs i have a few little things i want to touch on before we uh end the show this week so all that's going to come up but first we're going to uh, be joined by john finkel in an interview that we recorded yesterday so you guys hang tight and we'll be right back this is tim Kinsley from beans ball card blog and you are listening to becker radio all right, guys, we're back after that quick break. And joining us now uh, for his second time. Drum roll, please. That was really loud and popped all that peas. I told you not to pop your peas. That's okay. I didn't have any peas. You said please. Well, whatever. Yeah. This lover's quarrel is fun to witness in person. <laughs> so, uh, John Finkel. What's up, John? Uh, not much. Thank you guys for uh, having me on. I often walk by and see just like a party that I can only see through a window all the time. And now that I can get my foot back in, you know, I almost don't want to leave. Well, we're here. We're happy you're part of the party. We are. We uh, left our shirts on for you. So yeah, it's good. Oh, I can take, all right. I'm yeah. good. This is an easy one to take off. I thought <laughs> no, that's no, out no, of the way. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we're not taking off our shirts or any other articles of clothing here. Um, they, they frown upon that here in, in the Beckett uh, Fat Pack Studios. Mostly because I did it the one time, and then they were like, "You can't ever do that again." Yeah, it was bad. You so. got to push the boundaries. We're yeah, just too close to HR. That's the problem. That's really what the our problem studio is. Way too close to HR. <laughs> for a reason. John, you have some pool around here. Can we get our studios moved away? I've from been HR? trying to get HR off site for oh, a long okay. time. Oh, Although not if us. They listen to this. They're gonna be right, but you know. Okay. I think they won't be too happy about it. But yeah, nobody wants uh, you know to be in tr- direct proximity of HR. Uh, I no. think that's just a general workplace thing and even HR people would probably laugh yeah. about like that. Like I could actually see it through the door if I, the yeah. door was open. If so the door was open, we I could all see, see it. it. <laughs> but that's okay. Here we are. Uh, man, we're, we're excited you're joining us because you have a new book out that you uh, that you wrote with Charlie Ward. Yes. Charlie Ward. First of all, I want to ask, why Charlie Ward? I have been a probably larger than average fan of Charlie Ward since uh, the 1993 kickoff classic. So growing up wow, okay. uh, largely in um, Boston, but at that point I had moved to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge college football fan growing up. And 
there's just not, especially in New Jersey, there's no big college football team. I mean, Rutgers was always terrible. And if right. you ever wanted to see big-time college football, the only way to do it was that first game at the Meadowlands, the kickoff classic. Sure. Uh, okay, and gotcha. my friend, my best friend at the time, even to now, Eddie Koblenz, invited me uh, to go up there with his parents. They had tickets to the kickoff classic. And it was Kansas, Florida State. And oh. it was 93. Nice. And uh, Florida State whipped them. And, and Charlie had, yeah, I heard the Tomahawk the shot the for the first yep. time. Yep. Like yep. a big-time major college football crowd for the very first time. And he happened to be the quarterback, and they went on to win a national championship. But in person, watching an athlete at that level, and, and the, the, the moment I became kind of really into the idea at that point of like his kind of special nature as an athlete was on the way home. One of my buddies was like, you know, he also is the point guard for the basketball team. And I kind of filed that away. I was like, really? And then about maybe so picture that was probably September, right, right. the start of the season. So maybe five months later, I was just flipping around the TV in my bedroom, and I was watching a, an ACC game, and I was like, wait a minute. Is that the same guy running point guard? Same and they dude. were a top-10 team. He took mm-hmm. them to the Elite Eight. And right. ever since then, like as a sports fan but also as an athlete, like the level of talent you have to have to do that. Uh, and then we can talk about the rest of his career later. But that was probably the first time that was the seed was planted. And then as I became a writer, when you look for subjects, you're always thinking, and that was just always in my head. Charlie Ward um – Never made the transition to cardboard the way that you would think you would. Paul, can you can you talk a little bit more to that? I mean, yeah, he he. I mean, he came out. It was <clears throat> a little bit you know popular, but it wasn't anything like the Dion's right, or the, right. even Brian Jordan. I think even had a little bit more popularity than he did uh, as far as being a two sport athlete having sure. cards. So um, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. It but, was kind of a bummer. But, but I was I was never a Charlie World fan. Being a Maryland fan, right. you know, I, you know, I was definitely not a Charlie World fan. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Ward fan there you at go. all. So. Charlie was uh, the first athlete that I, that much like you, I remember watching him in college. And, oh, this guy's amazing, and then I was all hyped, ready for him. He won the Heisman coming out. He's gonna he's gonna go play football, and then the next thing I see him, he's a, he's a point guard for the Knicks. Yep. And yep. I'm like, what happened? And then that's when I first learned about guaranteed contracts, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have them in football, and they had them they had them in basketball, and. That makes sense. So to he me. was making he was making X amount of dollars riding the bench for for the Knicks. And I was like, well, I guess he's pretty smart too. So he was yeah. the first athlete that I it clicked in my mind. Well, he did the smart thing. He took yeah. the, he took the smart road. Yeah, and he had a couple opportunities. The the CFL wanted him mm-hmm. and was going and had his rights. Um, then uh, you know there was they basically the NFL teams. He was there was about five teams who were really interested in drafting him. Um, and one of the one of the teams basically wanted him to commit to football. Uh-huh. And his whole his whole mentality the whole time was I have these two unique skill sets that I excel at and I'm going to play them both out. I'm not going to commit to a football team because then an NBA team may not draft me and I want to see where the best scenario is. Right. A lot of people at the time, you know, were questioning how a football team couldn't take the Heisman Trophy winner, especially with what he brought to the table. There's a great story in there where Tony Dungy goes in to talk to um, Denny Green and says, "You have to take this guy as a defensive coordinator." back then for the Vikings, sure. I don't know how we'd stop him. So if we just game plan him that way, right. this guy's going to be unstoppable. And the problem was that other than uh, Steve Young at the time, nobody had a system where they have to, you'd have to draft three quarterbacks like Charlie so that if something happened to him, you couldn't right. you wouldn't be dropped. They, and Char- Steve Young was a lefty, which I was afraid of because now you need a lefty to run the whole offense that way. Right. And so that was a big problem. And ultimately, no NFL teams drafted him. Nobody. Right. I remember that. That's... Uh, the draft came and went, and he didn't get off the board, and I was shocked. But you know, there he, now. Now here we are, years later, talking about one of our favorite athletes, and it's a two-sport guy from Florida State that yeah. that uh, I think we all in this room can you know admire on, on some level, and it's pretty damn cool. And you wrote this awesome book. 
Mark Rick, Jeff Van Gundy, Warwick Dunn, William Flo- William Floyd. Yeah, bar none. <laughs> bar William none. Floyd. William Floyd, fullback. Super Bowl champion yeah. of the Niners. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, Tony Dungy, you get you got you got quotes from all these guys in this. So tell us some stories from the book. I mean, what 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 impressed you about Charlie and his family? Uh, his family. So this is really cool stuff. Like his family, first of all, most amazing like family ever. I got they they were opened their house to me. I spent a lot of time in Thomasville with them. Home cooked meals, like southern meals, just amazing. The sure. nicest people. Totally willing to just sit and wait, 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 hold on. So yeah. Back up real quick. So you're a writer, yeah. and they give you food. We do this. We're called the fat packs. We I don't know. ever get food. I know. Dude, we're doing this wrong. Well, you're Eric. in doubt. You meet we are doing this wrong. What you're yeah. doing. And you have to, you know, you have to be spending such a large amount of time where at a certain point it's like, well, they're kind of one of the family. We've talked to them on the phone like every day. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so it was awesome. And what people don't realize is his dad um, was basically his level of athlete at Florida A&M um, back in the unfortunately segregated South. So sure. his father uh, played uh, at a time for Jake Gather, and they weren't basically none of those schools that now would be recruiting him were recruiting him largely because he was African American. So, one of the uh, crazy quotes in there from the director uh, of information at, at FAMU was basically saying, like, so at that point when his father was being drafted, and nowadays would be a five star athlete, probably going to Bama, maybe uh, you know, Auburn, Georgia, any of those SEC schools or ACC schools in that area. The combined version of almost most of the SEC and ACC for the African American population, they weren't allowed to go. So FAMU had all of them. Uh, they had the, 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 his, his senior year. They had eleven starters that went to the NFL. Holy and Lord. he actually, if he hadn't hurt his knee, would have played. We got looked at by the Cowboys. Oh, so people don't realize that as Charlie went on to do this, especially as the first black quarterback at Florida State, it was kind of like coming full circle for his dad, who had arguably, you know, same level of talent, played a whole bunch of sports, full ride for football, okay. and then ultimately, when his son kind of had the red carpet laid out for him by all these schools who previously wouldn't accept him because of his skin color, you know, he never said it because his dad is one of those happy-go-lucky, awesome guys, but right, you right. could tell by the pride and kind of the gleam in his eye, like, yeah, now my son gets the full royal treatment sure. of recruiting by right. Bobby Bowden and Vince Dooley and all these guys, Lou Holtz, everybody. Sure. What did, what did being the first black quarterback at Florida State mean for, for the Ward family? Well, it's great. Charlie has a – his line is basically – and this is so him as I know him, but he was his line is, well, who was the first white quarterback at Florida State? Ah. He didn't care. Yeah. Right. He was – the only thing that was a big deal was because at that point in time, Florida State hadn't had a black quarterback. Uh, Georgia didn't have one until I think he was already enrolled at Florida State. Most of the other southern, school, southern schools hadn't. His parents were super protective of it. So when they had Bobby Bowden sitting on their family room couch, when they had um, Vince Dooley, when they had Lou Holtz, when they had all these guys talking to them, all of them, they made them commit to two things. One, you will not change his position because they had seen countless black quarterbacks who were were running quarterbacks uh, turned into running backs or wide receivers or defensive backs. Um, And two was you have to let them play basketball. And so some schools would, some schools wouldn't. But ultimately, to get back to your question, he was looking at it like, I'm going to be the best quarterback. And he kind of was very forward-thinking. He had a quote that I pulled from, it was either the New York Times or one of the times I went for the Heisman. And he basically said, in 25 years when they're talking about me as one of the greatest quarterbacks of Florida State, they're not going to mention my color, so why would I now? Uh-huh. Um, but that doesn't mean that they didn't get, his family got some death threats. There was some sure. real. Oh, I'm he sure. Was a, he, he's the most focused like guy I probably have ever seen, especially talking to everybody. Um, who, who worked with him and played with him. But ultimately, the family had to go through some, some rough stuff, and there were people who swore that I'm not on their watch when they see that at Florida State or mm-hmm. um, you know, got you know, hate mail about and his staff. 
But to him, it was just the idea of actually because they grew up Florida State fan. Sure, just making the team one scholarship two, being the starting quarterback three became the big deal. That's, I mean, funny to hear because you know that was the mid '90s, and go back just a couple of years ago to Jameis Winston, and he he was being protected by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, allegedly or I don't know, well, not allegedly. There was the charges brought against him, and he was being protected by people in the community because they wanted to, you know win a championship yeah, so right. that's a big difference from 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 mr ward to to winston it's crazy to see and look yeah, at Yeah, and bowden bowden says um in interviews that he had two he had two black quarterbacks at west virginia before he went to florida right. state and originally one of the big obstacles to getting charlie to florida state and committing to him staying as a quarterback was that they had two guys who you know brad johnson was already ahead of them sure. casey okay. weldon already ahead of them both of them drafted by the you know ready to go to the nfl right so the idea was at that, that time bowden's clearly said like this isn't really racing but in terms of the timing like you're three or four deep right now so that's why when charlie went in as a freshman then he redshirted his next year and played only basketball mm-hmm. basically was clearing the deck so that he would have two years to start otherwise with brad johnson and, and casey well he only had one one sure yeah. makes sense so uh Reflect back on the interviews that you did for this. Yeah, who 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 told you the best Charlie Ward story? Like Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. Yeah, Sam Cassell. Just because he he's the dead, and they even say like uh, their coach Pat Kennedy of Florida State basically called him like the sinner in the sink. Charlie is very religious, doesn't swear, leads by example, doesn't party, doesn't drink. Um, just a straight arrow, awesome guy. He even says one of his quotes when he was interviewed by Rick Riley for a Sports Illustrated piece back in '92 was like, "I guess I'm trying to make you know being." you know, square, cool. Like sure. that's who he was. And like, <laughs> that's, funny. that's what he did. And, uh, and so Cassell was part, you know, party guy, oh, yeah. all the time, loud talking. And they roomed together at, uh, they roomed together on the road for basketball teams. And he had a great story where he had this running thing where the curfew was whatever, 11 o'clock. Charlie would go to bed at eight 30. Like he wanted, right. he got his sleep. He may, I mean, he played two sports recover, but he would go home from the games and go to sleep, watch TV, you can go to sleep. Right. And, Char- you know, Sam would sneak out and do whatever he did. And and he used to come back and pretend that Charlie had also been out. Uh, so he would come and be like, oh, where'd you go? What are you up to, Steve <laughs> What's going on? And Charlie would always, he said Charlie was funny. Like, he would wake up groggy, and then they'd make up stories. Like, oh, I was, you know, doing this and that. <laughs> right, yeah. and, and he would just come in and just wake him up and get him out. And then he would just start making the next day when he'd go to practice. He'd start making up with Charlie. Everybody knew he was asleep at 9.30. Sure. Right, right. Like, oh, you should have seen Charlie last night last night. And it, uh, it, it was really, that was one of my favorite uh, Cassell oh, that's stories. Funny. That's so funny. Yeah. I, didn't, I honestly didn't know Cassell was like that. That's uh, Oh, oh yeah, great. he is. That's, and then uh, that's this great. is my other one, which is probably as an athlete, one of my favorite stories. So, he wins the national championship, 993, wins the Heisman, takes five days off before he joins the basketball team. He goes to watch Florida State. Now, Florida State the year before had all these NBA players on it, him who eventually go, okay. Bobby Sura, Sam Cassell, um, and Doug Edwards and a couple other guys who made it to the NBA. So they were all gone. So this was kind of a new team. So he goes to – during his five-day break of not doing any sports and letting his body heal, he goes to watch him play. I believe it was Wake Forest, and they get totally blown out. So he's oh. at the game with him and Work Dunn, who's – you know, about as good as a college athlete, an athlete in general, as you're right, fine. Right. And another player who nobody can remember who the third player was. But anyway, he gets so frustrated watching Florida State gets just demolished. He calls the team manager over and says, "It was a day game. 
after this game, can you open the gym? I want to get some shots up and, and get loose. And he, so he breaks his four or five days. Right, right, right. So he asks work done, you know, superstar work done. Like, hey, you want to just come shoot around with me or whatever? So the team manager is like, I'm going to hang out and watch this, our Heisman winner and our stud running back who's going to go to the NFL play basketball. Right, sure. right. And he says uh, for the next two hours, he'd never seen an elite athlete more humiliated on a court. He said work didn't score, couldn't shoot, couldn't dribble. Charlie, he, he's a, he, he, Warwick had no idea the level that Charlie was at basketball was the same as football. He thought wow. they were just two athletes going to play. And he said once they warmed up and started playing, he said it was almost comical. It was like watching a kid, and that kid happened to be maybe the top five athlete in the country in terms wow. of running back and track. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Warwick Dunn, who I have vivid memories of yeah. running behind Mike Allstott as a buck, you know, yeah. And, yeah. And, at, and at Florida State, too, couldn't, yeah. couldn't get a shot couldn't off. Do couldn't any, get a shot off. Couldn't dribble. Couldn't, and, and Warwick, you know, was a he was a, a ten you know a ten second hundred meter track runner like oh yeah he yeah. was not just like some football he could play he could he could move and he was fast right and he said it was like they were playing two different sports wow yeah. absolutely crazy that is pretty cool that's crazy so so give us some NBA stories um do you have any memories of, of Ward in the NBA yeah yeah, yeah so the same time I I'd gone, the Knicks you know the so. Knicks yeah when at the same time I lived in New Jersey and went to the that Meadowlands game all of my friends were Knicks fans as you guys know but listeners and I'm a Celtics fan. Right, um, but right. but the games I would go to were either Nets games or Knicks games because we lived close, and those were the the best years to hate the Knicks as a, as a Celtics fan because they had Ewing and Starks and yeah. and, and Charlie uh. kind of came in right after they had gone to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was ninety four ninety five and, and lost to to Houston. Houston. Right, right, and so he came in right after the championship year and was uh, point guard taken. And Pat Riley was notoriously the guy who basically hated rookies and didn't play rookies. So the first year, the big thing was like, wow, the Heisman Trophy winner is here. And I have a cool part in the book. The research is that at that point in time, the the Jets had Boomer Esiason, and I'm blanking out on who the Giants had, but the the rumor for two years was the best quarterback in New York is still the point guard, backup point guard (laughs) for the Knicks. And... uh, it was that was the news story on and on and on. People would always ask him, "You thought of going back? Like just right across the river to the Meadowlands? Like you have to be better." It wasn't like Bubby Brister, but it was somebody. Right, right, yeah. Both teams, the both teams started out getting blown out the first two games. They had like three touchdowns through like five games. Um, so as a Knicks as a Knicks kind of non fan, uh, and I'd go to the games rooting against them. I remember Charlie very well as part of that team. But when they transitioned over after Don Nelson and then after to Jeff Van Gundy, he actually got his chance and became right. really close to Van Gundy. And it was him and uh, Alan Houston and Latrell oh, yeah. Spearwell and that team that ended up making the finals in 99. So I remember watching all those games vividly. I remember, you know, when he started in the finals, they didn't do well against San Antonio. But mm-hmm. I, I watched the, all my friends. I was, you know, I was a huge NBA fan, but right. I was stuck with all Knicks fans. So I actually have probably more than I normally would have of uh, memory of watching him play. That's very cool. That's very cool, especially being a, <laughs> to be a Celtics fan. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, a player that you like go to the other team. That's a... It's quite a challenge, though, as a sports fan. Oh, yeah. What did Van Gundy have to say about him? So Van Gundy got uh, – so Riley – Pat Riley notoriously just ignored rookies, basically. Right. They, they were right. not part of this – they were just scum on the bottom of his feet. Like they, somebody else handles rookies. And, sure. and the guy who handled rookies, in this case, luckily, was Jeff Van Gundy. So Van Gundy was charged, basically, with getting Charlie up to speed to the NBA because they loved his talent, they loved his ability and ceiling – but while everybody else, this is a good point Alan Houston makes in the book, while everybody else who made the NBA was basically hooping for their whole entire life, playing three or four years in the college, all the through high school, he was like a part-time basketball player for three years. Right. He played a total of like 16 games his senior year and got drafted. That's crazy considering like everybody else was pouring, you know, doing everything they could to do. So the guy in charge of getting Van Gundy, of getting Charlie up to speed was Jeff Van Gundy. 
and he was great. great. I talked to the, I talked to Jeff maybe two or three three times on the phone uh, about those early years, and then when you know fate had it that he became the head coach, um, he just loved his leadership. He said nobody could command a locker room without speaking like Charlie Ward. Wow. He was just the, and he said they all say all a lot of the players I interviewed and talked to, and even in the research I did that he was the kind of most sneaky toughest guy. Like he was a football player. Like he sure. he was the toughest dude. He was only six two ish. Right. You know, maybe one hundred ninety five pounds at his peak, soaking wet. Right. But he was just an, an animal out there, and he was their defensive heart and soul on what we could argue the most defensive teams. In the right. Twenty five. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's crazy. But to think to go from nobody under under Riley to you know being the man under Van Gundy yeah I had a stat in there he played like a total of like an hour and ten minutes his rookie year and then Don Nelson took over and was like this guy's really good why aren't we playing him why are we playing him (laughs) and so he played really a lot and then and Van Gundy obviously went to go over trusted him and he was in the Knicks for for nine years and uh you know the the idea that you win an yeah win a college championship win the Heisman and then start an NBA finals sure Bonkers. That like, is bonkers. Van yeah. Gundy's like, Peep, say that fr- sentence again. Like that will never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever happen again. That's true. That's wild. That's true. Now, did he finish his career at the Knicks, or did he no, go somewhere he, else? He went to the uh, Spurs for one year. For right? one year, okay. And then he went to Houston back when Van Gundy was a coach of oh, coach okay, of Houston, gotcha. and he had an injury. And at that point, you know, he was already in his mid thirties, and right. just you know the recovery and all that. And so he, Van Gundy, you know, immediately was like, I, you know, you should think about the, your career future. Like, do you want to coach? And he, so he basically went from injury to rehab to coaching the Rockets. Okay. Um, he coached the Rockets for two years. And then really, you know, his kids were getting older, wanted to be around, didn't want to travel. So he took a head coaching football job. Sweet. And, uh, yeah, it's great. And where's he, where's he coaching now? Now he's a head now? coach at, uh, in, in Pensacola. He oh, Pensacola, left, okay. His first head coaching job was in Houston. And then, he's, you know, Pensacola's mm-hmm. close enough to where he grew up. Okay. Um, and that coaching job opened up. And, and, and actually it's at, uh, I hope I don't get this wrong, but Derek Brooks's high school. And that was the, you know, he played with Derek Brooks at Florida oh, State. Okay. All right. And they were looking for a new coach. And obviously the connection, um, um, Makes that's sense. how he did the job, yeah. Very cool. We'll we'll wrap this uh, portion of the interview up by the quote from uh, Tony Dungy on the front of the on the cover of the book here. Charlie Ward is not only a once in a lifetime athlete; he's a once in a lifetime person. The athlete is remarkable. Page, I'm sorry. The athlete is the remarkable page turning biography his story deserves. For Tony Dungy to give him such praise like that, man, that's that's huge, right? Because well, he <laughs> loved the book, man. Like Tony talked to me. Uh, funny enough, I'm you know Tony is like one of the you know greatest coolest dudes out there exactly right, right, right. Uh, yeah so we've been trying to, we have this funny like phone tag that i saved uh, between he and i on texting just like are you gonna be available like oh, i'm not i'm gonna be in the car or whatever and we'll finally after maybe like six times of just like <laughs> missing each other right um he called me in the car and i was like i gotta pick up like I, we've not talked yet so i picked up and i said tony if you can give me five minutes i'm just gonna pull over here and we're gonna do this interview i know you're super busy i'm grateful for every second you could have right, right. and uh he was like no no problem and uh, i was like i'll call you back and he's like no what's so we just like he's like no what what, what well t- fill me in on some stuff so we like it ended up taking me like 10 15 minutes to find a place i was on i was on the 635 okay oh, and uh so we just like shot the breeze about football and and you know what was going on at that week whatever well you know this was so long ago right, right. um but we were just talking about football and sports and, and denny green stories and sure. stuff and then finally i was like well dude thanks for just kind of killing my ride Tony Dungy. <laughs> yeah uh killing some time with me here and i pulled over and we did the official kind of like half hour interview so sure. uh, after that i sent him a copy of the book and, and and just what he said is just you know puts a smile on, a, on an author's face but also you're right i mean to think that highly of, of someone like charlie is awesome right 
Now, cool. is this a book? Is this book available now? It's available now for for pre order. It actually started pre order on uh, on Monday. It launches uh, next week, obviously around the Heisman. Um, mm-hmm. The day it came out as of right now, it's uh, a top five on Amazon in both football and basketball. Sweet, Boom. which is pretty awesome, and it's basically largely on sort of our. our running launch stuff the month of december is gonna be pretty crazy for charlie with the heisman national champion of talk and all the media and podcasts and myself included so to have a nice little run-up where we get to the top of those lists and funny enough the book he passed to be number one in football was tony dungy's book so oh wow that's funny pretty cool that's real funny so uh is there is there there's a there's a pre-order link I can share. Pre-order link we can yeah on the show yeah. notes or whatever we can put for uh, for it's on available Amazon Barnes and Noble. Okay. Uh, be available on my site. We'll be doing some book signings at you know really low you know around Tallahassee around New York City with him. Okay. Uh, speaking events will be on all kinds of other of the media as well. But uh, yeah, as always, thank you guys for for having me on talk about a new project. And uh, funny enough, as when I first got here, you guys see in my office yeah. I have the signed Charlie Ward Beckett copy, which yeah, who knows right, how do. we got it or why we have it or where it exists, but it was sitting like in the back room just over that's there. That's so, so cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that was that was at my desk, and I actually I remember giving that to you because yeah. you mentioned this that you were working on this. I said, hey, I have this at my desk, and I've never seen it since. So, um, it's yeah. <laughs> well, and you can look at it on my desk. It's my it's over. It's sort of you know just moved places. It has have an alarm on yeah. it though. If you oh, take yeah. it out yeah, of his yeah. office, it will go off. I just thought, yeah. what are the odds of all the yeah. things to have? Because we don't have that many college kids even back then on. Well, um, yeah, well, that was Future Stars. Yeah, and Future Stars. So, yeah. Um, that didn't run very long. It didn't right? run very long. Yeah. And the list of athletes, he's probably like the top of that. I mean, oh, for I, sure. Garrison Hurst was on there oh, wow. and um, Isaiah Ryder. Oh, So J.R. Ryder, what, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Yeah, they were on there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Charlie Ward was probably the, the most athletic of, of yes, those guys. Yes, I'm sure. And sign, it was signed, which is crazy. Yeah. He was not a big signer. I mean, he would do interviews and stuff, but uh, – from way back then, he, he must have been pretty young when he started. Yeah, I was reading so, probably what, anyway, 20? It's displayed in my office yeah. whenever you guys want to look at it. Yeah. Okay, a couple, you know, Good couple feet down the hallway here and check it out. I was just thinking, Paul, uh, we're going to need to rename this podcast or start a second podcast. This is like the run, a run of like five authors in a month that we've had on. I know. It's this crazy. Is, we're doing crazy. like, we need like a like an author section. We yeah. need like an artist section. Yeah. We need we yeah, a lot nobody going on. wants to... Uh, spend time pimping their work like an author so yeah you could probably do one a week (laughs) authors are never gonna say (laughs) so uh before we let you go you are kind of the the architect behind the new design layout for for the website yes um Tell us, tell us about that. Why, why that, why that's, why is that happening, and what is the ultimate goal for that? So, at this point, it, for the listeners, probably around maybe eight or ten percent have even seen it. It's sure. being beta tested, so it'll be a little while before everybody gets to see it. Um, but the idea, basically, being is that it's just more user friendly, and, and all of it comes from customer feedback and where our fans and, and customers of Beckett go. Sure, basically, that's that's the mindset. There's no. We're not hatching it in a room absent of what customers want. We're looking at where you go as a, as a fan of Beckett and as a customer of Beckett, and we're just making it easier to get there and make it look better on your phone and all the things that you know we want to make sure we're up to speed on for uh, for our valued Beckett customers whenever they come. It's, it's going to be easier to navigate. There'll be more stuff on there, more video content, more digital content, uh, more friendly for mobile, more more ease of putting in social media and all those kind of things. Awesome. I'm I'm looking for it. I haven't even seen it. So. Yeah, it's very it's it's so. totally random and it won't be the, like you could see one day not next. It's it's a uh, randomized IP addresses. Okay. Um, oh, nice. We're not we're not doing feedback in terms of Q and A's at this point. We can see where people go. They're called heat maps. So you can sure. literally see where people are clicking and what they're doing. Um, and so we're letting that be our guide as this. We've already switched several things based on something that we thought might work didn't. But all of it is so that 
people log on and they go, oh, this is a breeze. This is, right. I know where to go, I know where I wanna be, I'm in, I'm either in and out or I'm in and I spend 20 minutes doing what I wanna do. But also it displays our content. We want, you know, we our, our news items we pride ourselves on now, we can have images for those. Sure. We can have featured stories. You guys, Fat Pack, when the podcast is up, we can put an image of that on there, uh, make it more image and visual friendly. So. Not you know breaking the mold of what sites are doing, but totally you know giving Beckett and our consumers what they deserve in terms of a, a high level you know high tech site. I, I can't wait. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's gonna be great. Cannot I, wait. All the buttons will be right in the right place. It's gonna be awesome, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it's one of those things where um, when people go to it, they're going to be able to seamlessly experience it. Okay. So when they go on, they'll probably not realize how quickly. It was that they weren't able to get where they wanted to go real fast. And so ease of use is is, is the key thing. Perfect. Awesome. All right, man. We're going to let you get out here because I'm staring at a display case of <laughs> NBA Hoops basketball card. What, what year is that? 80, 89, 90? Seven, I think. Yeah, no? it's 89, 90. It's 89, 90. Yeah. Uh, David Robinson rookies in it, right? Yes. So uh, this is a full display case that Paul and I have to open the pack the packs for some reason i don't i don't yeah, know there's why. a whole story behind it we'll get into that later but yeah there are some boxes in there that we need to uh we need to open it i probably at, have at some four point four of those mikhail's yeah really? in, in some yeah i that was a that was a big year for me that was a huge year for you yeah, yeah. that was a big collecting year do you uh do you remember the uh I'm, I'm sure you do being a boston guy do you remember the uh episode of cheers where Kevin McHale slips on the floor in the garden and, and like twists his ankle or something like that. I don't know how I remember that. It was really funny. I had forgotten about that episode until way back. Well, it wasn't too far back. But when, remember Curb Your Enthusiasm did the episode where yeah. he tripped Shaq? Yeah. When that happened, I was like, didn't this sort of did something like this happen? And then I remember, I remember the Cheers episode. Yeah. That, that, and then the way, the way the episode ends, he's walking through the garden counting all the bolts on the. <laughs> Yes, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. All right, man. Uh, thank you for joining us. And before we let you get out of here, any thoughts on the college football playoffs? Oh, man. Well, I'm, I vote, you know. So, yeah. uh, oh, you do vote. I have a vote for the football writers and for the College Football Hall of Fame uh, oh. ballot. So, yeah, I've, I've, I think we're set up pretty good. As long, if the, everything holds, we'll be okay. Okay. The SEC winner and the ACC winner, they're automatically in. I hope Oklahoma wins because they should be in. And so if they win, they're in. And if Wisconsin wins, they should be in. The chaos becomes, a, you and know, they all start losing. If, and if Wisconsin loses, especially if Ohio State wins by a lot, I don't know what they're going to do with that. And then, the other side of it really is if Oklahoma loses and Wisconsin loses, then you have two spots for right. maybe an Ohio State or probably an Alabama or possibly. Yeah. I keep kind of dark horse in USC maybe. Here's the thing. we look. You just you got to keep Alabama out. Okay, they're That's, gonna find their way in, man. That's uh, why they're at five. They, That's why they left them I at did, five. Uh, for four. A show about this a little while. Five, yeah. yeah five. If you start the season off not having Alabama at number one, sure. having to justify every week whether they should be, their schedule does not put them in the top. Not at all. It just doesn't. And even with one loss, it just it just doesn't. It was a hand, handy loss. I think that a uh, there are other schools that have a right to be in there. Uh, with two losses that finish the season stronger, possibly, especially if one of those would be in, you know, because a lot of this happens if, if Wisconsin loses. That means an Ohio State team is only has two losses as much as I probably wouldn't want them in either. But they beat an undefeated team probably, sure. probably handily. So, right. I don't know. I, I've also had five or four of my number ones that I put in lose the following week. Okay. So I'm probably not the guy uh, uh, to get it right, but I've gotten it wrong a lot. Okay. <laughs> so All right. One of these times. That's good. One of these You're times. You're consistent. I'll get it right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. Good Very deal. nice. All right, man. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, this time. And I guess we'll have you back on on your next book, whatever whatever that might be. 
I'll just do one on you guys. One of you perfect. You guys there we go. Time. One of us. It's a double <laughs> yeah. double feature. It'll be out by a double feature. <laughs> yeah, you, you could. Here's the thing. Part one and two. You could you could write the first half of the book and yeah. then you could flip the other. Right. Flip it and then cover. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. See? All right. We'll start on there it as soon as this is over. It'll be awesome. out. Done. Be out by the <laughs> national and then people can pick it up in Cleveland. Right. Great. There you go. Done. There you go. All right, man. Thanks for uh, joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, what's up? This is Chris, Chief Brake Officer here at Top Shelf Brakes, and you are listening to the Fat Pack, Eric and Paul, on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Uh, that was John Finkel and his new book about Charlie Ward, uh, The Athlete. It's available for pre-sale now. The link will be up on our Twitter page very soon for you to go uh, get your copy of that. And uh, he did mention something about a giveaway uh, autographed copy of the book or something like that. So uh, once that all gets going, that'll be up and uh, going. But before we introduce our next guest, I wanted, I did want to mention to you guys that December 9th is a National Hobby Shop Day, and uh, this is an effort from uh, GTS Distribution. And it's providing uh, p- participating retailers the opportunity to host an in-store event that includes credit for free, a free pizza party, free supplies, and free packs and more. Uh, collectors, you need to go ask your LCS if they are uh, going to participate in this. And if not, have them go ahead and contact uh, GTS by emailing Rob at Rob R. Bertrand. That's R-B-E-R-T-R-A-N-D at GTSdistribution.com. And, uh, or get a hold of their GTS representative to see uh, how they can be a part of this great opportunity. Now, uh, joining us on the phone is my man Drew from Let Me Get That Potographed, and I believe he's got a new uh, he's got a new uh, Panthers podcast as well out. We'll we'll get into both of those things uh, just a minute. But Drew, how you doing, sir? Doing good, man. How you doing, bud? Glad to finally be on the show. I'm I'm we've been we've been trying to schedule this for a hot minute, and uh, I hate to say I hate to say that because my my co-host is out, this is a perfect opportunity, but. Um, I needed to fill some time, and you were available today. So thank you very much for being available, and uh, absolutely, and making your you're making your Fat Packs debut. Uh, happy to have you on, man. Yeah, glad to be on, man. Uh, even before we started, let me get that photograph and everything. Uh, I've been into the podcast for a while and always loved it, and so it's a. Uh, Pleasure to be on, bud. Love what you guys do here. Awesome. Thank you very much. So uh, let's talk about your show. Let me get that podograph. Now, um, in a in a in a podcast market that it seems just has has a podcast for everything. Oddly, there enough. There's not too many sports cards related podcast out there there's there's just a handful of us and you your your show is the newest to the bunch so uh tell us tell us about the premise of your show uh what you and uh what you and Stu bring to the show and uh just what you want to get out there with let me get it photographed sure well uh what you said uh first you know about there not being many shows that that's really what led me to want to do the podcast in the first place was that I enjoyed listening to the podcasts that were out there, but I'm somebody that listens to tons of talk radio and tons of podcasts, and I just I was running out of stuff to listen to. And, you know, I, I decided, you know, I'd love to start a podcast. And uh, my co-host, Stu, um, we'd actually never met before when we started the podcast. We knew each other through Facebook groups and had done trades, and we were both diehard Panther fans, and... We decided, hey, you know, we live nearby, let's let's meet up and give it a shot. So, uh, you know, we 
went over, recorded an episode, and ended up really clicking really well, and uh, it started to take off. Um, we really try and do, we try and cover different aspects of the hobby that aren't thought about every day instead of just discussing brands and products and stuff, which we do do as well. Um, we like to get into some more in-depth conversations that, I mean, we're no, by no means experts, but an example of this week's that just came out was, you know, what makes a product or a card desirable? Like, you know, what elements would make a product uh, one you'd want to buy or stay away from? And, um, you know, we just try and go in-depth into as many topics as we can on in the hobby. Uh, we both absolutely love the hobby. I've been involved since I was a little kid, and now I've got a son of my own, and he's almost three and he already loves opening cards and collecting cards he he has his collection and he sees how daddy takes care of them and <laughs> wants to take care of his and so you know it's something that i want to keep alive and uh we really just started it to really just start you know we're two guys that love the hobby and love talking about the hobby and wanted to get something out there and um i've always enjoyed i've had a broadcast journalism background and had have done radio and stuff like that in the past and had never tried a podcast at the time and really the the appeal of being able to do really what you wanted when you wanted and everything appealed to me the most and we gave it a shot, and so far it's going really well. Um, we're getting an increase in viewers every week. Uh, you guys have been a great help. I know when we first started, um, you were actually one of the first people that reached out to me to, you know, you know, I guess welcome us into the community. You kind of got me into the the underground podcast community and everything, and really welcomed us in with open arms and that that contact and that information really is what pushed me to keep going because I I didn't know how the industry was. I didn't know how anything was going to be. I was going into this completely blinded and to get, to get such a positive reinforcement and such a positive and encouraging message right at the beginning is really what has kept this podcast going on to, well, what'll be episode 12 this weekend. Oh, there you go. Um, you guys, you guys have a fun show. Uh, I don't know if it's an anomaly or or what, but every time you guys are on, breaking news seems to be happening. How do, how do you account for that? Is is are you putting out some kind of uh, positive vibe out into the universe to make that happen for yourself, or what, what's going on with that, man? I have absolutely no idea. You know, we have we have this thing apart on our show where we dedicate every single week since week one. We've said. We'll take a look at the news that day, you know, and right before we record, we'll take a look and we'll see if anything breaks. If not, you know, we have a list of things that, you know, we'll choose from to discuss. And, I mean, out of the episodes we've done, I don't think there's been but one or two that have been breaking news literally almost an hour or so before we record. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's the time. I mean, it's even when we we record at different times and different days, but for some reason... It always seems to work out that something happens, that, <laughs> which something I'll take. I, I love being able to take a, a fresh take on something without having the 8 million talking heads on TV analyze it to death for everybody. You know, I like to be able to get a chance to get the get my opinion out there before, you know, everyone else does. But um, it has been something that 
has occurred quite uh, quite often than not, and it definitely is something that's pretty funny. It's become a pretty running joke with me and Stu ourselves. We we pretty much narrowed that seg- segment down now to whatever happens before we air, <laughs> because. <laughs> That's Something great. always seems to pop up. That's great. Now, uh, you have an advantage uh, on us here at Fat Packs that, I mean, you, I, you might not recognize it, but I think you do. You guys uh, aren't, aren't tied corporately to anybody, so your opinions can be it, your opinions uh, on, on, on something. Because some things that we, uh, we don't want to ruffle feathers on, you know, it makes, makes sense for us not to do that. But you guys can uh, can talk freely about the market. You guys can talk freely about products. You guys can talk freely about uh, basically anything that's going on in the hobby. So, uh, how do you how do you feel about that? Like, how how does how do you think that you can use that to your advantage? Um, well, I personally love it, um, and I want to start out by saying that I know, especially the last couple episodes, I've been myself in particular been critical of uh, pretty much every brand but i love love tops panini leaf all of them they're excellent companies every, every company is going to have their flaws and i but going back to your question i i think it to us we try and use it as an advantage because we are able to you know say how we feel now you know some of those you know partnerships that you guys have would be things that we would absolutely love, you know, one day. But at the same time, I I really love the freedom to be able to say what's on our mind because there's so much going on in the hobby world that people don't realize or don't pay attention to and so much stuff that's swept under the rug or not talked about and a lot of that's because, like you said, people can't talk about it or, you know, or shouldn't talk about it. And I think that's one thing that our podcast does have is that we are able to, you know, say how we feel. And if we think something's wrong, uh, we're definitely not afraid to, to say it. <laughs> At least that, I know I'm not. Th- that's, I mean, I envy you guys at some points because, again, I don't want to make this sound like I'm, I want to be out there bashing, uh, you know, companies that's not what i really want to do but sometimes it's just it's not prudent for us to do that so when you guys are able to just jump on and uh just give your opinions i think that's uh it's a breath of fresh air i think that you guys do it in a tactful manner because there are other shows out that that don't necessarily have that same tact that uh kind of fly the coop if you will so it's uh it's an interesting take i guess i guess what i'm trying to say to you is you know thanks for being tactful about it because uh you could definitely go the other way and that's that's not good for the hobby at all no it's not and i and i'm and i really appreciate you saying that because that's something that i try and do more than anything is i always want to let people know that look if i'm if i'm criticizing something I'm criticizing a particular issue. I'm not criticizing the company as a whole. Like, you know, a week or so ago we did uh, a topic on redemptions. And, you know, we kind of hammered tops pretty hard on that one on a couple of certain instances. And, you know, I I tried to make it clear during the episode, and I think it did, that I love tops. I'm, I'm sitting right here in front organizing for... We actually have a live show at a convention this weekend, and I'm organizing probably 
8,000 Topps cards right now full of gallery and stuff. I mean, I love Topps. I think they're wonderful. And I love Panini. I, I think they're great. But, uh, you know, we, we do try. And if we see something that we don't like and we see something that we want to talk about and that we think needs to be discussed, then, you know, we're going to. But I'll always try and do it, like you said, with tact. I don't. I never want it to come across like I'm trying to attack or bash a company that's the last thing that we want to do we just want to bring that open dialogue that we have the ability to do because of not being tied down we just want to be able to bring that dialogue to the hobby and let people you know listen to it and you know kind of think about it themselves yeah that makes total sense that makes total sense so i'm glad it comes through i'm glad it comes through though that way because i really do try and make sure that you know it doesn't seem like we're hating on anybody too bad because that's the last thing we want to do in in a hobby or an industry that has so much going wrong it, it's it's i think it's important to point out the positive and there's not enough i don't think there's enough that does that does that uh even even to our end extent, you know, we try, but I mean, there's just so much crap going on. You like you're an admin on on scammers, you know, on, on Facebook, and I mean, there's I, honestly, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the truth, Drew. I, I, I love that page, but I go there and I laugh my butt off at the comments. It's all it is. It's just a, it's a big oh, God. it's a big it, S show. Is all it is, man. It is. It is a complete bleep show, one thousand percent, and it. Really, I mean, I love the page it, it, for one reason, and that's how the page is meant to be used, and that's the file system, sure. and for helping and for helping work out issues. Now, the, now there's ten thousand members, and a lot of them love to come there to get their trolling in because, I mean, let's face it: if you're talking, if you give people on Facebook an open invitation to talk about someone who did something wrong, they're going to take advantage of it, sure. and they're going to attack them with all their might. And so it turns into absolute craziness, but you know, and it's a and and that's only what you see on the page. The the, the private messages that we get, the the threats, the I mean, it it's absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, it 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 is it makes for some great hilarious reading material. I know today, for example, I've been laughing at a couple of them myself. We try and keep it as you know clean as we can, but. You you can only do it so much before you're censoring what you're trying to ultimately get out, and so you know we try and find a balance that we can there. But yeah, it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy page. But like I said, it, it's meant to be used as a file system and a way to help. I mean, we we the page is done to try and help people, but unfortunately, a lot of people tend to take it as a place to go let off some steam and have some fun and get their witty little comments in, which, you know, we, we try and stop as much as we can, but there's only so much you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I it, it must be tough, man. How big is the admin team? Like six, seven people? Is that is that right? Uh, there is one, two, three, four. Yeah, there's six of us. There's six of us. There are 10,000 members. So, so it, it's, uh, yeah, it's got to be tough. We spend about, we spend about 20... 30 hours a week at least on it um and i mean the amount of each of us like not total um but uh if you you probably see a tenth of what we 
actually deal with. I mean, I've dealt this morning alone with six different issues with people that didn't want to make posts on the page but wanted to try and handle the issue behind closed doors. Four of them have been resolved. Two of them we're hoping, you know, we can get them resolved. So, I mean, even what's on the page, you know, that's not even a half of what, you know, we end up really dealing with. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's definitely a lot of work, and it can be very taxing, and it can be – it's definitely not fun looking at the bad side of the hobby all the time, which is one of the reasons I love doing the podcast so much is I get to talk about the good aspects of the hobby. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it makes sense. You get, you need a little uh, abbreviment there from, from the crap. So um, you guys are doing a good job too. So it's uh, – Well, thanks. It's – Man, that page is interesting, and like I said, I'll be just completely honest with you, 100% transparent. I laugh my ass off every time I, I go to that page because it's just... Oh, yeah, man, there, just, there, there's some... You, that's a place to go if you want to laugh. It really is, especially in this industry. So let's talk about your, your Panthers podcast. You're a big Panthers fan, and you've started a... a, a I've never even thought to do this, to start a, a Panthers podcast, so what's up with that, man? actually just did the first episode this week we started a little late uh it's uh it's called on the prowl it's going to be a weekly show during the season and then it's going to be a monthly show during the off season and we'll have special edition you know episodes around the draft and stuff like big events you know big things that happen we'll cover through the off season but um yeah, I've been a diehard Panther fan my entire life. My family's had season tickets. We're PSL owners, so we've had them since day one. Um, we'll always have them. Uh, <laughs> whole family's diehard Carolina fans. And it's just something that, you know, once the Let Me Get That Photograph started taking off and started growing and everything, it's just something that I I wanted to I always had wanted to branch off into you know just talking sports in general too, and the next logical step for me instead of trying to handle hey let's make a a sports center type podcast <laughs> was you know let's let's start with you know the Panthers it's something that I know very well I've you know I've coached football played football growing up you know I know it very very well it's what i collect mostly so i'm very familiar with you know the ins and outs of it and i just decided to give it a shot we're um what we're gonna do this year i actually have quite a few people that we're kind of auditioning for co-hosts right now we're gonna we have a bunch of people that are some excellent guests that are gonna come on for the rest of the year and so it'll be a different co-host with me um each week so it'll give everybody a little bit of a fresh take on everything. Um, it won't be the same, the same old, same old every week, besides me, of course. Um, but uh, it's something that, you know, we're looking into and something that hopefully keeps growing, kind of just like uh, just like in the hobby industry. There's not too many, you know, sports, card, and hobby-related podcasts. Well, when I looked, there's really even fewer Panther podcasts. And, um, you know, I know we're a small market team and everything, so that probably has a little bit to do with it. But uh, if I can get more Panther fans more interested in listening to, listening to talk radio type deal, podcasts, and wanting to talk about the Panthers more, then, hey, that works for me. There you go. There you go. So 
good luck with that, man. I, I hope it works out for you. A team specific podcast is it's uh, they're they're I've seen I've seen them in basketball. I've never seen one in football, but I've not, I haven't. I'll be honest with you, I haven't really looked. Uh, so you you've started a venture that uh, that might might be a new a new end to things. I'm gonna tell you what with podcasting though. I'm I'm sure you've learned this just being in it for the you know few weeks that you have. If your if your podcast is not about true crime, no one really cares because true, true <laughs> yeah, crime true I crime have, is where it's at, man. I I've heard I've I've been thinking about it. You know, <laughs> I see the numbers. I've I've been doing some research on it, and um, true crimes it blows my mind. And to tell you the truth, before I got into podcasting, if you'd asked me what would have the numbers that you know that true crime gets, true crime probably would have been like tenth on my list of ideas yeah of what would have that listening but you know they podcasting and true crime man that, that's the way to the top apparently it really <laughs> is there's there's for every i don't know for every one sports card podcast or or sports related podcast there's probably 15 true crime podcasts out there that, that are you yeah. know and and what i love are the are the shows that cross over and cover sports and true crime there's one uh, uh crime and sports is a, is a good is a good one and then uh last podcast on the left does some great true crime sports podcasts so uh I, it's a fun I actually listen to uh the last one on the left and that that's actually a really great show i like what they do it's a lot of fun um, uh, being from yeah, your, being where you're from and uh there in the carolina area there they did a series on crispin wall that was really good and uh yeah if you haven't looked if you haven't found that i, I suggest you go check it out i definitely will awesome awesome all right man i'm up against it I got to get over to uh, one more segment uh, minus my co-host. So uh, thank you for coming on. And before you get out of here, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and tell them why they should be listening to you. All right. Well, uh, you can find us on social media at Facebook. Our group is just let me get that potograph Um, on Instagram. It's LGT potograph. And on Twitter, it's LGTP Podcast. And uh, also, if you're in the North Carolina area this weekend, December 2nd and 3rd, we're actually going to be at the Charlotte Toy, um, the Toy Hobby and NASCAR show. We're going to have a booth set up. They, Inside Pitch, who's putting on the show, is promoting us. And we're going to have a nice booth right center stage. We're going to be broadcasting live all weekend doing a whole bunch of interviews, whole bunch of giveaways, lots of fun stuff. So if you are in the North Carolina area, definitely come check us out. Um, but, uh, I think we're, like you said earlier, I think we're a little bit different podcast than most. We try and handle things in a professional manner. We try and give complete, honest and open critiques on everything. Um, Let's get you out of here so I can go uh, do this last segment. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll talk again soon, buddy, okay? This is Rob Bertrand with GoGTS Live, the Hobbies web show, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, Drew from Let Me Get That Potographed uh, with us within that last segment. A um, little bit of technical diff- difficulties there at the end, but uh, I think you guys heard what he was trying to say, get this point across, you know. Um, they do have a good show. It's fun. It's a fun listen. Uh, it's you know a different topic every week. So, 
uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, let me know what you think about it. Let them know what you think about it. Give them a give them a rate and a review. Speaking of ratings and reviews, I would love it if you guys went over to iTunes and left us a rating uh, and or review. Uh, that would be very helpful. I want to chart. That's what I want to do. We haven't charted to my knowledge yet. So if we could get into, um, I think it's the top 150. If you could guys uh, get us in the top 150, that would be great. Uh, love to see that before Christmas or by Christmas. That would be a great Christmas gift for us uh, here at the Fat Packs Podcast. Uh, and the only way to do that is just to head over to iTunes and leave, leave us a rating uh, and uh, review and, and let them know that you like what we're doing. It helps a lot. It helps with our sponsors. It helps with uh, everything that's going on here uh, at the show. So if you could uh, help us out by doing that, I would greatly appreciate it. I uh, wanted to mention again that December 9th is uh, National Hobby Shop Day. Uh, get at your hobby shop. See if they're going to be a part of it. And if they're not, have them get a hold of uh, – have them get a hold of um, – I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank there. Rob, uh, Rob Bertrand over at GTS. My phone was going off, so I was drawing a blank. I was looking at my phone. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, have them get a hold of Rob and uh, R. Bertrand at, G, uh, at gtsdistribution.com and uh, have them find out how to be a part of it or have them contact their GTS rep, and uh, they'll make that happen for, for everybody at the shop, man. It's going to be a cool thing. Uh, speaking of GTS, uh, go GTS Live and uh, the Fat Packs. We're doing a joint end-of-the-year, 2017 end-of-the-year uh, sports card awards. Uh, that's uh, Rob. Ivan, myself, and Paul, it's a, it's a joint effort between the two shows, and we're going to have a live show on December 28th to announce the winners. Uh, so if you haven't gone and voted, the links are up on our Facebook on, on our Facebook page, they're on our Twitter page, they're on uh, Rob's and Ivan's pages, uh, go GTS's live page, go, go vote, make your voice heard, uh, let us know what you think. Um, Heel Chris made an appearance and said in a in a in a hobby that has such you know, brand exclusive exclusivity, why uh, why does it matter? But it does matter because we want to know what you think, and uh, so go let us know. Make the hobby great again. I, that's my tagline. I came up with that. I'm pretty proud of it. So uh, make the hobby great, great again and go do that. Get your vote out there and let us know what you think about the products in the 2017 uh, campaign. What else is going on, man? The football season is in full swing as uh, the, the Cowboys and Redskins are going down tonight uh, on Thursday night football. This could be the end of the Cowboys season for all you Cowboys fans out there. So loving to hear. There's there's no greater feeling in the uh, living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area than to see the Cowboys fans cry about their team. Uh, I'm sure other fan bases have the same problem. It's a, a universal problem, I'm sure. So... Uh, it's it's interesting to see how grown men uh, react to their team losing. It's it's ridiculous to me, to me in my opinion, but uh, that's just me. Uh, anyways, football season full swing. Playoffs are just around the corner, and then the college football playoff, as you heard earlier with our conversation with John, that's uh, right around the corner too. So interesting weekend this week with championship uh, week going on. Uh, Going to see what happens. It could be a big mess. It could be a real big mess. And I, I just hope that Alabama doesn't make it in. I'm tired of Alabama. I'm tired of Nick Saban. And, and really, Nick Saban's at his best when he's when he's complaining. So if we could hear him, you know, have a reason to complain, he's already lobbying to get in. And I think that I think the championship committee did Alabama all the favors they could to make sure that they got in. 
uh, sitting right there at five. But let's see what happens. Hope that hopefully they miss it. Hopefully everything falls right to where it needs to be, and we don't have to uh, see Nick Saban in Alabama in, in on that. All right. Um, we're going to wrap things up here. But before we go, I wanted to let you guys know about the uh, the show that we did last week with the, the KNC Masterpiece. It was for a great a great cause called, called My Possibilities. It's a, it helps learning disabled um, people advance in life. It helps them, uh, it gives them opportunities to, to, to display their talents. And it's a great organization that I'm proud to have been able to be a part of this, uh, this fundraiser campaign that they did for peaceathon that happened last Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, Paul and I, we followed a guy called Flula, who is a Flula, who is a DJ, a German DJ who absolutely loves Dirk. And, uh, that's, if you don't know who he is, go check him out. I think it's at Flula.com or at Flula on Twitter. So Paul and I followed him and we followed, we did about an hour with those guys. And, um, we had a lot of call in questions and, and Twitter, Twitter questions about collections and stuff like that. That was fun to, uh, to just destroy people's hopes and dreams about their mid nineties collection being worth money or late eighties, you know, cards being worth money, but, and they never are, you know, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's, that's just fun for us to, uh, talk about at this point because now it's just become comical. Everybody has card. Hey man, what's, what's my 1989, you know, Randy Johnson rookie worth? Well, it's worth this. And then the next card is, you know, Hey, what's my 1987, you know, pick a guy or, you know, 1994, pick a guy. And it's just, it's horrible that we get a lot of those questions. We have to do that. But, uh, we, they told us we, we, we crush hopes and dreams as we did to, uh, Corey when he brought in his book of, you know, junk era wax and we had to tell him what it was really worth. But it was a fun show. I hope you guys check it out. Go check out my possibilities. Uh, learn more about that organization. I'm proud to be a part of that. It was fun, and I hope to do more of that in the future uh, with the pat with the fat packs um, and the KNC masterpiece over there at one hundred five point three. The fan. It was a lot of fun, and I, I thank you guys for uh, being a part of this. Now, one last thing before I go, we have uh, our basically our twenty four days of Christmas coming up. Um, or holidays, whatever you want, guys want to call it. I'm going to call it Christmas because that's what it is. So last year we did a great campaign with Ultra Pro, and they hooked you guys up with the 12 days of Ultra Pro. What that was, if you weren't a part of it then, was 12 days of giveaways from Ultra Pro. The first 11 days, a winner took home a $50 prize pack from Ultra Pro. Basically, it was $50 uh, worth of Ultra Pro supplies, which collecting you you always need supplies so that happened and then on the last day it was 150 dollars. well this year they've upped the ante the first 11 days are going to be uh 50 price packs again and then on the last day it's going to be a 200 price pack so be looking for that for the first uh 11 or first 12 days of december we're going to get that going tomorrow actually so uh, be be ready for that and then the following that last year Paul and I did the fat patches of Christmas, the the twelve fat patches of Christmas, but uh, we we're, we're not going single cards this year. We're gonna go boxes. We got twelve boxes to give away 
from uh, the I guess the 13th through the 25th. So there's going to be a winner every day uh, through that. We have boxes from Cryptozoic, Upper Deck, Tops, I believe, is in there. Um, and I think there's some Panini in there as well. So we got a bunch of stuff. We got a bunch of hockey. We got a, a bunch. Of, we got some non-sport stuff for you non-sport guys. Uh, we got some uh, football, I think, in there as well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun giveaway season for us coming up. Guys, be following us on Twitter. Pay attention to the entry rules, and we'll get you in. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. We want you to be a part of it. We also uh, want you guys to to be a part of the show, and that's one way that we can give back to you guys for being a part of the show is uh these giveaways so be watching for that starting tomorrow uh first day of the 12 days of ultra pro and uh we're gonna gonna have a lot of fun all right uh that's it i'm out of here i gotta put this together uh edit it all up put it up on the uh, put it up on the website for you guys and then go get some lunch so uh guys thanks for listening this week until next week just keep listening cue the drink